Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Pop Culture University. <clears throat> the university where we talk about everything that is going on in the world of pop culture and see what life lessons that we can learn from it for our own lives. So it's educational and inspirational. Duh, you guys are smart. You got into this college. Like, you already know what it is. I'm your host, Patty Eminger. You may know me as Petty Pop Culture, your fave TikToker ruining all these celebrities' lives on TikTok. 3.1 million followers, close to 3.2. Maybe you should be my 3.2 million follower. If it is your first time here, thank you so much for coming. Take a seat in the classroom wherever you would like. You're so welcome. If it is not your first time here, thank you so much for coming back. I hope y'all have been doing amazing lately. I've had quite a tumultuous weekend. I feel like since the last time I've seen you guys or spoken to you guys, I I was handed another cease and desist by a celebrity. Um, this time I did respond on time, so no further action was taken. I didn't wait, you know, two days late like last time, but I signed an NDA. I can't like technically say, but I feel like they aren't going to check my podcast for now. It is someone that I'm normally pretty hard on on this podcast, so I get it. I'm hard on them, but I don't have a hard on for them. I also got into a Twitter fight because this guy that like I used to talk to was like, photoshopping his photos and like pretending to be a profession a profession that he wasn't on my nsfw twitter you know i'm up in there amongst all those gays and these gays are trying to kill me like jennifer coolidge said he literally photoshopped a photo of him like performing surgery and he said four hour surgery is done and he's trying to get all of his thirsty followers to be like oh my god like you're a surgeon like you're so um you know like respectable and classy and intelligent and it was literally photoshopped so i responded and i said are we supposed to dot, 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 pretend that this is real? This photo of you, it has like hundreds of likes too. I was just not going to sit there and let that happen. Like no one's going to Photoshop their fake ass profession and body, giving people body dysmorphia and like job dysmorphia. Fuck you. I'm calling you out. I don't care. Like it's really not that serious. So he said back, I'll take another one next week just for you. I'll be in surgery again. And I said, I can't wait to see what you make on Canva next week because we know he's going to Photoshop it. Again, my ghosting game has gotten real strong these days. I've literally ghosted like three guys this week. Um, I'm Casper the Ghost. Boo, bitch. I'm just not going to deal with the foolery. Like, I, I, it, you know, when some people are just so, they, they just have such audacity and they're so far detached from reality with their ego that you can't even break it off with them nice because they just want to get it. So I never used to be a ghoster, but now I'm a ghoster. So yeah, it's been tumultuous. I hope you guys have had a peaceful weekend but the professor is out here dying let's get into what we're going to talk about today so there's a lot of music news that i feel like you guys like talking about and i'm going to give you the predictions that i have for the grammy winners that's happening in five days i'm infamously pretty good at picking the grammy winners except last year that was the only time i did not get album of the year right but before that i would always get album of the year right so i'm gonna give you my predictions then we're going to talk about the major fake eyelash scandal going on on tiktok with an influencer who literally lied to her millions of followers about a product that she was selling them. And it was very obvious. So now her career is going down the drain. You probably know her from TikTok. Then we're going to talk about how Sam Smith is being ruthlessly bullied and everyone's trying to erase them from the planet. I 
feel so bad for Sam and I need to defend them. Lastly, we're going to talk about if Britney Spears is still alive and why the police were called to her house. And we're going to do the what would you like to share with the class segment finally. But before we get into everything, students, make sure you rate this podcast. Five star on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. You're already here. You may as well do so. Screenshot yourself, listen to it, post it to your Instagram story and tag me. And I will hit you up in your DMs. Tuesday, Friday class. Don't forget, tell everyone tell your ex that you haven't spoken to in 10 years just send them a text be like hey by the way there's this really cool podcast check it out text them um maybe you guys can rekindle and without further ado let's get into the episode class take your seats pop culture university is in session So the Billboard Top 10 came out yesterday. I love talking about it on Tuesday. Like growing up, me and my friend, like my best friend, Adam, you probably know him on TikTok as Adam the Flop. He's also pretty big on there. We were so obsessed with pop culture and the music charts. Like that's all we talked about growing up. So it so makes sense for us that this is our career now. We used to do a YouTube thing together called The Main Pop Boys. And I thought that was such like a clever title because it's the main because we're the boys talking about the main pop girls, but no one ever talks about the main pop boys. So like I was like, we're the main pop boys. But anyway, I just love discussing the Billboard charts. So I want to discuss them with you today. And we know that SZA has been fighting for that number one with Kill Bill ever since Christmas, ever since Mariah Carey was out of hibernation, taking over the charts. And then she tried to get it again once all the Christmas songs went back to hell where they belong. And then Taylor Swift came out with anti-hero and occupied number one for so long. And then she really thought she was going to get that number one with Kill Bill finally. But this week, again, Miley Cyrus has taken the number one on Billboard, leaving SZA in the dust. I feel so bad for SZA because she's been waiting to put out this album and this single for so long, and she wanted to wait for the perfect time. But truly, like, during the Christmas season was not the perfect time, girl. Like, she could have had a number one easily if she just released it in November and not December because Mariah Carey is blocking her during the most popular weeks. So I feel so bad that she, she really... Sh- like, it's kind of her own fault, SZA. You should not have released it during December. You would have had such an easier time if you just moved your release date around a little bit. So I'm sorry. Miley Cyrus Flowers is taking over the world. It's, like, bigger than Wrecking Ball. It's bigger than Party in the USA. It's fucking nuts. This song has only been out for, what, two weeks? It's broken every single Spotify record possible that Olivia Rodrigo's teenage heartbreak ass broke with driver's license. My Spotify is always freezing these days. I'm trying to check what streams it has. It's fucking freezing. Spotify is kind of shit like that. Should I go back to Apple Music? Anyway, damn, Flowers already has 268 million streams. And by the time I finish that sentence, it probably has 269 million. She's breaking every single record, taking over the world. Good for Miley. I'm very happy for her. It's so funny because, like, she, this was her first number one in a decade since Wrecking Ball. And that Miley back in 2013 that was twerking on Robin Thicke and putting a whole foam finger up herself was such a different Miley from now. But they're also just, like, the same. As Hannah Montana said, you can change your hair and you can change your clothes. You can change your mind. That's just the way it goes. 
You can say goodbye and you can say hello, but you'll always find your way back home. And to her, home is number one on the Billboard charts. So good for her. We stand. Ashley O is shaking in her boots right now. Some other crazy Billboard chart news is that Bloody Mary by Lady Gaga that was released in 2011. And it made no noise in 2011. No one... I mean, of course, our fans heard it on the album, but like the general public had no idea the song existed. And now the song is making its peak on the Billboard chart in 2023. That's insane. And that just proves to a lot of artists like don't give up on your songs just because they're on an album that was released so long ago. Like, I feel like if I ran a record label, I would be pushing my artist songs. I would be trying to get them on a soundtrack for a movie or trying to make someone use it on TikTok or soundtrack for a TV show, even years after it's released, because that will make everyone money if it goes viral. And when you believe in a song, even if years has passed, it could be a timeless song that can still be popular. Like Lizzo with Truth Hurts, it it didn't do anything for two years. And then it was put on a soundtrack for a movie. And that's how Lizzo blew up. So... I think it's so cool that this hit is coming back and it really is timeless because yeah, it was released in 2011, but it didn't 2011 had such a specific sound of pop. I'm thinking like Kesha, we are who we are like Katy Perry, California girls. Like it had such a specific sound and yet bloody Mary sounds like it's from today. I feel like people are doing like darker, more macabre, like rock pop music a lot, especially since like 2021 and 2022. Like it just sounds like it's so timeless in today. So good for Gaga fucking slang. Bigger news that people care about way more is that Addison Rae teased that she is releasing music in 2023. Ah, I'm so fucking happy. I'm happy because Addison Rae inspires me because I can't sing and I'm a non-singer, but I would love to like release a song one day. And the fact that her singing voice, I'm sorry, is so bad and boring. She literally has like, you know how Mariah Carey has a five octave range. Addison Rae has a half octave range. She cannot hit shit. She, the, it's, it's pitchy even after the production. Like, it's just not giving, but Addison Rae's still a cunt and we can't deny that. And I'm saying cunt with the utmost respect. She delivers on these unreleased songs of hers that have leaked on the internet. They're so good. And everyone's like, Addison Rae's unreleased album is the best pop album of all time. And it literally is. Like, have you heard Nothing On But The Radio? I hope we get the studio version of that this year. I'm excited for Addison. Um, her cocaine head father and cougar mother can keep acting a fool on TikTok, but she's about to act, be acting a fool in the top 10 of the Billboard Hot 100, bitch. Other music news is that Megan Trainor's pregnant? Oh, I'm so happy for her. She's having another fucking baby. And you know what? It kind of makes me sad because maybe she like won't put out new music or go on tour anytime soon. But also, I don't think really think she had any more hit singles off of that album. I listened to that whole damn album. I didn't really hear any more, you know, viral TikTok song worthy things on there. So I think Made You Look had its moment and good for her for getting pregnant again. Her and her kid and her husband are really good content on TikTok. So she's taken one for the team by having another kid, making some more content with it. I'm sure Chris Olsen will have a field day exploiting this and making cute little bits out of it. Um, I feel like Megan Trainer, she was born to be a mother, right? She has such motherly energy. I feel like she's been a mother to preteen, 12-year-old girls since the second she came out. And I feel like her soul, you know how people say like, oh, you have an old soul, you have a young soul, blah, blah, blah. I feel like Megan Trainor's soul is so like mom soul. Like that is just her vibe. She was meant to be between the ages of like 40 and 50. 
Like, I think that's when she's going to be in her prime. Where there's other people who are just such an old soul and they're so boring and, like, want to, like, knit sweaters and, like, never leave their house. And they're, like, an old soul. Her fucking baby. Have you seen Megan Trainer's Harry Potter Ron Weasley looking ass baby? That baby is literally looking like a grandpa. And he's two years old. That baby looks like he should be sitting in a rocking chair yelling at kids to get off of his lawn right now. He looks like he's straight out the wizarding world of Harry Potter in the 1940s. But he's cute. I think her kid is so cute. I'm not, I'm not even kidding. She also just put out a new book, Megan Trainer. Um, the book is called Dear Future Mama. All oh, that's so cute. Like her song, Dear Future Husband. Dear Future Husband, here's a few things you need to know if you want to be my one and only. Be honest. I'm better than Addison Rae. I, no, I truly think I'm better at singing than Addison Rae, so I, I just need to step my, my dancing game up on TikTok, and bitch, Patty's going to be on the top of the fucking charts. Her book, uh, the headline on her book, or like the, the cover says, A TMI Guide to Pregnancy, Birth, and New Motherhood from Your Bestie. Bestie's such a TikTok phrase, so she's really capitalizing on this moment to make some money. Oh my god, and her elderly looking son is on the cover as well. So, good for her. Um, yeah, Megan Trainor really is TMI about her pregnancy she's talking about how about her anal fissures and her booty hole bleeding and everything it's crazy i'll probably read the book though even though i um i'm obviously not a parent and conceiving a child for me really isn't in the cards right now um i really like kind of like uh conversations of parenting i think it's interesting i totally want to be prepared for one day when i have a kid to be the best parent and my goal is to like traumatize my kid as least as I possibly can and like fuck them up the least I possibly can. So that whole conversation of like how to raise a kid is like really interesting to me. Totally a whole psychology conversation there. Do you guys want to hear some other crazy news? So last podcast episode, I was going off about how much I love Ava Max and I do. Ava Max is like my favorite new pop star, even though she's not that new, but you know what I'm saying? She's just an ex- such an exciting pop act and I'm dying for her new album. I'm gagging for her faggot. Like, I am so obsessed with her, and I, her music just speaks to me so deeply. I feel like she made the music just for me. It's just my taste. Anyone out there, like, if you're a pure pop lover, you love Ava Max, even though her songs are not too uh, personal or about her personal life, or, like, she's not, like, Taylor Swift out here opening up her diary and shitting on every man she's ever been with. She just makes kind of, like, generic, empowering female empowerment pop songs, like a girl group does. Anyway, I bought three copies of her album. I made a TikTok post about her simply to promote her album. It got 2 million views. So my manager hit up her team and then her team saw my video and called my manager. And now we're going to like talk about working together. Isn't that so exciting? It's like, like what an amazing, like this is like my dream. I can't believe this opportunity to make a video about my favorite person. And get paid, like, I would potentially get paid for it. I'm not sure, like, what the deal will be. We haven't gotten to details, but I would make these for free anyway. So it's just so cool. Like, I made something about someone I love, and I always make stuff about things I love, and the fact that it could, like, be a career, like, it just totally amazes me. So I'm so excited. And if I get to, like, talk to her or something, I would, like, throw up. So I'll definitely update you guys on that. But let's get to the Grammy nominations. I'm pretty fucking good at p- predicting these. Uh, this year, there's so many heavy hitters, so it's going to be so hard 
there was rumors that Adele wasn't going to the Grammys. Taylor wasn't going to the Grammys. Adele like dispelled those rumors. She was like, oh no, of course I'm going to the fucking Grammys. I, I only go to, you know, I would never miss the Grammys. That's the only show I go to every year. So she's going. Beyonce, that's like the only public appearance beyond. That's the only public place that is not beneath Beyonce. So she will, I'm sure, also be attending. She's like the most decorated Grammy winner of all time. I believe she's won 28 or 29, like almost 30. So I'm sure she'll get her 30th Grammy this week as she deserves. But let's talk about the album of the year. The nominees are, there's so many this year because they need to include everyone. But I kind of love it. Like I'm, I'm like living for it. Just acknowledge people. Like it's not hard to acknowledge. Fuck. Like I don't know why people get so mad that there's, not five nominees anymore. Why are there 10 nominees? Because a lot of people make music and a lot of people should be acknowledged. Bitch. Here are the nominees. <laughs> Me if I'm presenting at the Grammys. Bitch. And then I go, here are the nominees. ABBA, Voyage, Adele, 30, Bad Bunny, Un Verano, Sinti, Beyonce, Renaissance, Brandy Carlisle, In These Silent Days. Brandy Carlisle is always nominated, even though I never hear her, her music. Coldplay, Music of the Spheres. Why is that? I could have guessed that title of that album before Coldplay even put it out. They always are talking about some some kind of shape, some kind of three-dimensional figure with a bunch of colors in it, like a kaleidoscope. I don't know. I, I could have guessed that title. Just like how I can guess a Demi Lovato title, like something about me and love me and uh, finally me or something. I, I could always guess a Demi Lovato title before it comes out. Anyway, continuing. Harry Styles, Harry's House. Kendrick Lamar, Mr. Morale, and the Big Steppers. Lizzo, Special. Mary J. Blige, Good Morning, Gorgeous. A lot of amazing nominees this year. And I feel like the three heavy hitters are obviously Beyonce, Adele, Harry. Those are just like the commercial ones. Even like Lizzo, I could see pulling up the rear because Special was such a big moment with About Damn Time. But honestly, people are expecting this battle to be between Adele and Beyonce. And I think they're both going. But I think the winner is going to be Harry's House. Yeah, I said that. I've listened to all these albums very closely. And I truly just think the one that is the best mix of commercial, along with quality songwriting, production, and just someone that I think the Grammys would want to reward because it's like like socially acceptable enough i feel like beyonce's album was just too i don't know like i'm not trying to i don't know i just think it's too gay like truly i just think it's such a specific album with house music and queerness and obviously i'm obsessed with that but i just don't see the grammys giving that the title even though i if i had to choose one it would be renaissance and when it comes to adele adele's one album of the year twice but i don't think 30 is matching up to the last qualifications of her last albums unfortunately even though it's so good so i'm giving harry's house this and that would make harry the first that would be his first win so let's talk about the record of the year the record of the year is how the song sounds song of the year is the lyrics so the record of the year is just if it makes you dance you, you know like how it basically just how it makes you like feel how it sounds when you audibly hear it nominations abba don't shut me down adele easy on me beyonce break my soul brandy carlisle featuring Luci lucius you and me on the rock doja cat woman harry styles as it was kendrick lamar the heart part five lizzo about damn time mary j blige good morning gorgeous steve lacy bad habits definitely not steve lacy i'm so sorry maybe if they were, they were they were doing tiktok sound of the year he could win but no i think record of the year 
should either go to, I mean, I'm sorry, I think it's going to be Harry Styles again. I could see him doing a clean sweep like Billie Eilish did in 2020. As it was, moved more numbers on the radio and on streaming and commercially all at once. Like, it was such a force. I don't see someone defeating that, even Beyonce and Adele. So Harry Styles again. Song of the year. Easy on me, break my soul, just like that. God did by DJ Khaled. Ew. A B C D E F G. A B C D E F G. I gotta go. Grammys. Call me when you want to nominate someone who deserves it. How dare they nominate that? As it was, the heart part five. About damn time. Bad habit. All too well. The ten minute version. So song of the year is just really about the pen game. Who wrote it? Um, the storytelling of it all. I think this is going to go to Easy On Me or All Too Well. Easy On Me is such a beautiful song of like heartbreak in a household. Uh, Adele's kind of like apologizing to her son and her husband at the same time. I think it's an amazing song. All Too Well 10-minute version. I mean, a 10-minute song that went number one on Billboard for multiple weeks. I mean, come on. How could you not let that win? So Taylor also is the songwriter of our generation, and she's never won Song of the Year. Isn't that crazy? So Taylor needs to get her ass up there her coke bottle shaped shaped sexy ass up there and accept that award um let's just do one more let's let's do the best pop song of the year easy on me moscow mule woman as it was about damn time bad habit i'm giving that to as it was too girl i'm sorry okay so as it was for everything except song of the year that's going to taylor that's my predictions per dm me your predictions uh, I promise you I'll be right. As an influencer, there are some pretty obvious general rules that you need to follow. I should start a class at this university called Influencing 101, where if you plan on becoming an influencer, here are some things that you should not do. Very obviously, first of all, do not complain about your job being hard. Don't touch, like, don't. No one cares. No one wants to hear it. They don't think your job is hard. They don't sympathize with you. Um, Never do it. Second of all, don't get caught in a lie while you're selling a product, that is the most embarrassing, career-defeating thing that you can do. And brand deals are is what makes you your money. So why are you throwing away everything just to make a quick check and lie to all your followers who trust you? Two things that you should not be doing. But this influencer... Wait, hold on. Let me go get her last name. I realized I just wrote down her first name. Um... Oh my god, TikTok taking so fucking long to load. Michaela Noguera. Michaela Noguera. You've probably heard her name this week. She commits all the influencer sins over and over again. I'm surprised she still has a career. She has over 14 million followers on TikTok. But just like six months ago, she was in a scandal for complaining about how hard her job is. Right to the faces of people who probably just worked 8 plus, 10 plus, 12 plus hour shifts at their more normal jobs who are her followers why would she do that she was 
dispelled from TikTok for a bit. She had to take a time out. She came back a few weeks later, stronger, better, wiser. And then she made a horrible mistake again this week. So the mistake this time is that she lied to everyone about a L'Oreal mascara that she was being paid to promote by L'Oreal Paris. Now, she is a beauty influencer, so her whole job is to do reviews and um, make a connection with her audience while she does makeup tutorials. Be, be quirky, cute, fun, your best friend who is your bestie and just giving you some makeup tips. And, you know, she's going to recommend you all the best products and put you on to things. And you should trust her because she's your bestie and she's the makeup queen. And what is one thing that could easily ruin that? Lying right to your bestie's face about a product that you say they should buy, spend some money on, and then it turns out that you're actually just blatantly falsely advertising that product, clearly choosing the brand and money over your followers. So that's what she did this week with this L'Oreal Telescopic Lift Mascara. So she was making a video reviewing the product, showing everyone how amazing it was. She had one eye already done. The next eye, she was applying the mascara to. She put on three coats. And she was like, oh my God. Like, Actually, that's not her voice. She's like, oh my God. This is so amazing. I don't know how any mascara is ever going to compete with this. I can't even believe this. It's making my eyelashes so long and voluminous. And then a cut happens in the video where her eyelashes go from looking normal to like very, very thick. And people are like, hey, like we saw that cut happen in the video. Well, what do you think you just did? And she put on fake eyelashes after applying the mascara three times to make us think that after the last layer you put on, you just grow 18 more strands of eyelashes on your eyes that are twice as long as the ones that you already had. So it was like, murdering someone in Times Square. It was like robbing the bank, but you have no weapons. They're, you're, you're just hoping that they'll give it to you. It's like sucking the president's dick in the Oval Office. Like, there's cameras there, girl. And what's even shadier about this whole thing is that when you're an influencer, you have to put, you have to disclose that this is a paid promotion. So there's going to be some bias here when you're uh, working with a brand so your followers know, like, maybe don't take this as seriously because they're being paid to say it. That's, that's basically it. And it's for legal concerns because people used to not do that like when the kardashians would advertise for flat tummy tea but they wouldn't really say that they are affiliated with them uh now you, it's it's a rule it's a law so michaela put l'oreal paris partner but she put it under the caption so you really couldn't even see that it was a partnership so that in itself is a little bit of a shady tactic so it just looked super shady from all sides and the acting wasn't even good in the video she looked tired and exhausted and, like she didn't even want to do it and like she was like wow this is the best mascara it just was bad at it was all around a shitty video. But the video has 43 million views now. That's almost more than M to the B, M to the B, M, 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 M to the B, by Bella Porch's ass. Did you see that TikTok can uh, hit a button now? It's called the heated button for a certain video, and it will make the video go viral, even if it doesn't deserve to go viral. Did you see that they admitted that? Forbes put out the article and said that they admitted it. Uh, we knew. We knew that heated button was a thing. You think we thought the D'Amelios were interesting enough to go viral by themselves? I'm sorry. No. No one no one believed that shit. You've been heating people since the dawn of time. All these videos that are going viral out here. Mm -mm. It's quite obvious. Especially being a creator. Like, you can tell when they're tampering. So, anyway. This one went so viral because people are really just duetting it, stitching it, and... 
going so hard on Michaela because Michaela was seen as this like girl next door. We can trust her. She's the best makeup guru on TikTok. And she truly is, I don't know, the most followed, but definitely the most trusted, one of the most followed. And so it was like a huge betrayal. And in such an obvious, blatant, almost like uh, patronizing way, like you thought we weren't going to see that you put fake eyelashes on, then you're trying to sell us this product. So... She was getting destroyed in the comments. Let me read some of these comments to you. These these were just like the casual top comments on the video that everyone was seeing. All of them with like thousands and tens of thousands of likes. Girl, did you add falsies at the end? We can see the length in the outer corner. Michaela just said, no, there's just three to four coats and my tight liner. Girl, shut the fuck up. I'm sorry, that was mean. Don't shut the fuck up, but shut the fuck up. Then someone said, that's crazy using falsies and denying it. Michaela said, these comments are a literal proof that this mascara is the shit, not her trying to play it cool. Someone else says, looks like Ardell wispies to me. Wispies are like fake eyelashes that you can put on like kind of like one by one at, at the end. So uh, it's not as obvious. Someone else said, don't gaslight me, Michaela. Michaela, please be fucking for real. No, Michaela, I can't back you up on this video. Tell me which fake, which, which fake eyelashes you used and I'll buy those. Do the fake eyelashes come with the mascara? Oh my God. It will give you extra length, not extra lashes. And then someone said, I always thought Michaela would be our girl. Can't believe I'm having to enter my cancel Michaela era. And she exposed herself previously because when she was first starting out as an influencer and she was so like, you know, down to earth, real, I'm I'm the 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 real influencer who just like you guys middle class, I'm going to be honest to you forever. She made a video about how mascara brands will literally have people put wispies, false eyelashes on the end of their eyelashes after they apply the mascara so their eyelashes look fuller in commercials. The difference in my lashes with this mascara is absolutely incredible. I mean, literally, just look at the difference. So I just lied straight to your face and you probably believed it. These lashes, totally fake. And that's what brands do. They lie to you about how things work. Would you have known these were false lashes? Maybe not. And just lay it right on your lashes and press it down. Put about five pieces. Then go ahead and apply one final coat of mascara. How would they know? How would they know? She literally like foreshadowed how she was going to betray us. And I know it sounds dramatic, but it's not. It's like, think of like someone that you're dating. If they lied to you once about something that was like kind of major, would, would you just look over it? Would you be able to trust them again? It's like, no. So even though this is an influencer, we just have a parasocial relationship, that trust is majorly broken. And um, it's upsetting now because she kind of crossed over from that side of I'm on team. Uh, I'm like, I'm on the the viewers team, my followers, the consumer. You know, I'm I'm here for you guys. I'm so real. And now she's left that. She's left us broke bitches in the dust and it's like almost like she forgot like where she came from she now is on the rich side with all the brands she's on all the brand side doing all these collabs getting all these partnerships and she'll do anything to please them and keep her status as this money-making rich influencer machine and she's totally left the real people in the dust and it's sad to see that i feel like she totally just turned on everyone for a check she doesn't really feel the need to be honest anymore because she's so comfortable with the money she's making and just really taken for granted the people who make her the money because I don't know, I guess it's, it's, it's arrogance with how good her account is doing. 
It's just very interesting, though, because I would never do that. Brand deals are very fragile, and I'm aware of that as a content creator. Brand deals are the videos that I take the most care with because while I am being paid to say something, I also need to be real and not totally paint a false picture just because there's a check attached. Everyone knows that influencers make their money mostly off brand deals. Like I'm saying like 95% of the money is not from the creator fund or from the YouTube AdSense. It's all from the brand deals. And when you have followers and it's built on trust, your whole kingdom comes crashing down if you break that trust for one brand deal. Yeah, they may pay you $500,000. If you're someone who has millions and millions and each your videos gets millions and millions of views, especially if you're a cross like a cross platform person like Michaela, they could have literally paid her in the hundreds of thousands. But what if that's your last paycheck ever? Was it was it worth it? No. Her whole account her whole account is reviews. So now what? No one will ever trust her again. I would never if I I mean I don't really consume makeup content like that, but if I was you guys, I, I, I wouldn't trust anything she was saying, especially if it's a higher end product. If this is like a $45 mascara, that's like a serious amount of money just to spend on a little, little part of your routine. So I just wouldn't trust her again. Also, her whole account is about being open and real and endearing. Well, being a liar really isn't endearing. You don't look like the girl next door anymore. You look like the fakey McPhony faker next door who you avoid. I will say something in Michaela's defense because I do feel for her in this situation. I feel bad for her that the video is still up because she probably contractually cannot take the video down. And I've had like situations like this where maybe a brand deal was getting a little bit of meh feedback. They will not let you take it down for anything because it's in a contract that you have to keep it up for a certain amount of days. Usually it's at least 30 days. So that video is probably going to rack up a hundred million views and she's just going to get more and more hate for the whole thing. Yeah, she might make some TikTok creator fund money off of it, so that'd be nice, but it's really just not worth it in her situation. And the brand deals that you're working with, it's really intimidating to like get on a call with them. And like when you get on a call with a brand deal, it's not just you and one person. It's you and like seven people, and they're all talking to you, throwing ideas at you, like throwing what exactly what they want. They're going through a presentation with you. So it, being a newer creator and on like a newer app like TikTok, it's really intimidating and scary and you kind of let them take the reins a bit with the concepts and the ideas and what you should do to make the video viral and make the product sell the most because that's really all they care about. So they it's not that they strong arm you and kind of bulldoze you, but you get really kind of like timid and uh, you just go into people pleaser mode and you want to make the brand happy so you can work with them again. So you kind of like do what they say in a way. So I wonder if, and they approve everything. Like you cannot post it without them loving it perfectly, exactly how they want it. So I bet you they asked Michaela to put on the falsies because as she said, professional brands do this all the time. She was probably forced to do that. And I bet you she filmed multiple versions of this ad and the first one she submitted to them she did not have the fake lashes on and they rejected it i can all i can, i i would put a hundred thousand dollars on that i bet you she filmed one and they rejected it and she was forced to film another one because in the first one without the false lashes they probably didn't look big enough to get enough sales and she looked really tired in her video like almost like she just filmed this video and she had to do it again so I bet you then they made her put them on so it would look big and 
make people go buy the mascara. Um, and maybe Michaela wanted to reject them and be like, hey, no, I can't. A lot of people like that. Maybe that thought did cross her, ni- cross her mind, but it's L'Oreal. And she doesn't want to upset the brand. She doesn't want to say like, hey, I'm not on your side. She wants the money from them. And I bet you the check attached was at least, I promise you, was at least $50,000. And you may say, well, I would turn that down for my followers, but it would be really hard in that moment to like be able to pay off your car or your a big portion of your house or all your student loans just gone in the blink of an eye just to put some wispies on. But at the end of the day, if it's if she's going to look in the camera and blatantly lie like that, yeah, the check looks nice, but common sense and for looking out for your future, you can't do that. And she made the wrong decision. And so that's why I'm being so hard on her. It was really damaging to her career. And I don't think she'll bounce back in the same way she did last time. So what can we learn from this situation with Michaela? Um, if you think it's too good to be true in a commercial or a advertisement by one of your favorite influencers, it probably is. Like these advertisements are so fake, so phony, so touched up, so just eye catching like eye orgasms. They're trying to make it look as best as it possibly can to basically trick you into buying it and only deliver like 10% of what they actually look like. But if you find an ad that it seems like they're being very raw and gives a realistic like result, trust that. But if it's too good to be true, then it's definitely not. And then I would say also keep influencers on a very tight rope. Keep your favorite influencer on a very tight rope. Keep me on a tight leash because you don't even realize as the content consumer how much of their careers in your hands. Like you have so much power. You have no idea. And with everyone getting canceled, that's becoming more and more obvious. People's career are at the hands of the viewer. They're more powerful than even the influencer themselves. But a lot of social media consumers don't even like realize that you guys have so much power. So keep your favorite influencer on a very tight leash, especially ones who try to sell you shit every single day, like a beauty influencer or a fitness influencer. There's like doctor influencers who can recommend crazy shit to you. So just keep them all in a very tight leash and hold them accountable because you really determine the future of their career and uh, their bank accounts. What's happening with Sam Smith makes me so depressed and it's truly very triggering. Sam has ventured from being the picture-perfect 2014 Sam that we were introduced to with Stay With Me and I know I'm not the only one and too good at goodbyes. They were seen as very angelic and prudent and almost like completely desexualized. They were just seen as this wholesome, you know, family-friendly uh, marketable for the for everyone. PG, just this wholesome soul who made ballads that hit your heart deeply and was delivered perfectly. Their uniform back then was like a nice James Bond hairstyle and a tight suit that was super super basic, as bland as Shawn Mendes. There wasn't really much personality in the beginning with Sam Smith, to be honest. And we all knew 
Sam, but really the only thing we knew about them was that they had an amazing voice and they seemed trustworthy and normal and they liked to sing about heartbreak and that they were straight. That's what they were telling us at first, that, you know, they identified as a he, him, and we thought he was straight. I feel like gender non-binary was not really a thing in 2014. Um, and it's so interesting to think about that. It's like a mind fuck, like thinking that this whole new way of life has emerged. And I know it's not a new way of life. I'm just saying like in the public consciousness and so many people were not even conscious to the fact that you don't have to identify as a he or a she. And I, I feel like even at a young age, like that thought has crossed my mind. Like, why do I have to be referred to as a he? What if I want to like dress like a she? Like, so it's just so interesting that I like, like I don't, but <laughs> I don't, by the way, I'm, I've definitely had that conversation with myself. I'm very comfortable being a he, him loves it. Thankful for, you know, it being so clear to me, but, um, it's just so interesting to me that it's just, Sam was just so different back then, but boy, were they praised for everything they were doing in 2014 Grammys, the James Bond theme song, which is seen as such a high honor, especially for a man to sing it again, referring to Sam in, in, in the man form in 2014. I understand Sam is a they, them don't try to cancel me. They were like the male Adele in 2014, which is a whole conspiracy theory within itself that Sam and Adele are the same person. We talked about that last episode, which I love. So many people on my TikTok were like, you're on crack, you're on acid, this makes no sense. Sam is fat and Lizzo lost weight. Girl, we know. It's a conspiracy theory. Did you really think they were the same person? Did you really think I was thinking every single day that they were the same person? No. Anyway, Sam has gone through quite the journey. First, they lost weight in 2017 and had this new image uh to us you know grew out a beard the whole image of sam smith the brand was changed a little bit did fame change them but then sam was actually if you didn't know sam put out their new album this week gloria it's amazing it's so good their new song i'm not here to make friends uh it's so legendary I'm obsessed. I'm gagging. I'm choking. I just died of uh, asphyxiation. It was so good. Please go check it out. But um, yeah, Sam put out their new album. So Sam was doing an interview with Apple Music. And in this interview, Sam talked about the Thrills album cover, the album that he put out, that they put out in 2017. Wait, it was called Thrills, right? Oh, it was called The Thrill of It All. Sam was talking about The Thrill of It All album cover where they looked really skinny almost like emancipated no not emaciated (laughs) they looked emaciated a little bit um and sam basically opened up about how they were starving themselves and sam chose that album cover because it made them look so skinny and exhausted because that's just the reality of what they were going through spent a couple of minutes talking about thrill Yes, yes. I struggle to even look at the cover of Thrill, and I'm not a judgmental mm. person. You could tell when someone's happy, they're not happy. You just didn't look happy on that cover. Mm-mm. I mean, I was starving. I was You're hungry. Starving. <laughs> I was generally hungry. Yeah. It's a wild thing to look back at some of those pictures and be like, whoa. But it was smaller than Did the you think you looked good? Did you feel good about that? Oh, no, I had complete body dysmorphia. I thought it was big. That's crazy that Sam would be so open and honest to admit that because that takes a lot to admit that your mental because it's it's not just about oh yeah I didn't want to eat that's a big statement about your mental health and everything you were going through so Sam is so brave for saying that and 
they say that uh, they still thought that they were fat in that photo. Sam was so, so, so skinny. Sam was like 6'2", and he was like, they were like the size of Naomi Campbell. Sam was saying that they were like 13 stones. I, I don't really weigh people in stones, but that sounds pretty skinny. Now Sam is bigger, and you can just see the pure joy in them. And I've definitely gone through a similar experience where, like, in summer 2021, I was just so skinny. I was working out for the first time, so I wanted the little muscle I had to show. So I really was not eating as much as I should. I wasn't, like, starving myself, just not eating enough to have the energy that I needed. And it made me feel exhausted and just, like, not excited for life. And I was at the gym one time, and I only did, like, two workouts. I literally only hit two sets of something. And I went to the bathroom and almost, like, passed out. And then my cousin was working at the gym that day and I was like, Chloe, like, I feel like I'm sick. Like, I don't know what's going on. Like, I might be coming down with something. I'm so lightheaded. I don't know. And I feel like I can see it in her eyes. She was like, girl, like, you just need to go eat something. But now that I'm like thicker and bulked up and everything, I was even telling my doctor this this summer. I was like, I feel like I just have so much energy to do everything, to do anything I've ever wanted. My workouts are so amazing. I felt so much healthier. I was getting sick way less. My immune system is better. And I feel like my professional life helped when I gained weight, if that makes sense. Because simply just because the energy I had, I could pump out so much more content, so much more work, so much more like school stuff as well. So I even like gained like 2 million followers on TikTok from May to November. And that's when I was really like loving life and luxuriating and food and eating whatever I wanted. And I feel like just the boost of energy was just giving me pure joy and I could see that pure joy in Sam now I'm sure maybe Sam still has thoughts sometimes of like oh they want to be skinny but the overall joy that Sam feels like I know he's they're just so happy with themselves right now and they feel so good when they wake up every day because I've had that same experience but it kind of sucks that they're happy that they're fat but society is not happy that they're fat they literally want Sam to starve it's almost like being plus size is socially illegal or something People are so up your ass and I'm, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people, gay people can relate to this, but I've been, I like grew up plus size and everything. So I feel like I was bullied two times more for being fat than I was for being gay. It's so interesting how you get treated when you're bigger. It's like illegal or something, but like being fat is seen as something so unacceptable. But then if you double up on that with something else unacceptable, like being gay or trans or a minority, it's just double the hate. And Sam has also gone through a journey with their sexuality and gender expression. First coming out as gay. Uh, I forgot when that was. I don't know. First coming out as gay. Then non-binary. And then uh, ever since then, they've stuck with being non-binary. They haven't changed their pronouns or anything like that. My mom, when Stay With Me, used to come on the radio in 2014. Every time Sam would sing the lines, Why am I so emotional? She would say, Because you're gay. Back to the radio. And like bully Sam. In a very, like, loving, like, joking way. Like, she's not like that. But she was just, like, teasing Sam. And then after he came, after they came out, my mom was like, LOL, I feel bad for always saying that to the radio now that Sam was actually gay. And I don't know. I just thought it was so funny. But, you know, Sam has really embraced their queerness. And I love it. Sam dresses different now. The same way that Harry Styles dresses, but Harry is seen as this androgynous icon and legend and Sam is called a disgrace. I wonder why that is. I mean, it's quite obvious though. It's because Sam is literally LGBT and plus size and Harry Styles is neither of the two. So the 
queerness and the gender expression is seen as okay on Harry, but not on Sam. Dressing even a little bit different can be met with such pushback. So I really do praise Sam with, you know, wearing the pasties in his new music video and a thong and uh, like tassels and everything. I love it. I wore a cardigan to like a family party once. And some people in my family looked at me like I was a drag queen. They were like a boy in a cardigan. Oh my God. It was horrible. It's, it's just so annoying. But anyway, Unholy was like Sam's proclamation that this is who Sam truly is. And no longer will they ever be the same Sam that we remember them as. And they've really just decided to be themselves now. Sorry to everyone, but Sam has decided to be themselves. And Unholy was a massive hit. But the craziest part is that Sam's label didn't even want them to put it out. Sam was trying to put the song out for two years. And Sam's team wouldn't let them because they thought that Sam was going to, quote, ruined, ruin their brand and everything that they've worked so hard for. So basically, Sam was asked to suppress themselves for the sake of making their label money, even so much as trying to bully Sam and call Sam trash. Sam said that people at their label said that the new image they want to portray and the new music they want to put out like Unholy would make them look like trash. Crazy. Yeah. But I also had people telling me from, you know, like quite important people that what I was doing, the way I was living my life was affecting my record sales and that I was trash. The word trash was was said to me at one point. Oh. And I just, and I had to like... I had to like how did that person get out of the room alive? That is a strong. <laughs> but it's but it is into it's 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 homophobia and transphobia that's that's structural and it's yeah. it's in people even the people that are very loving and liberal and love me mm. that they, they say things they don't realize what they're saying is mm. is mm. hurtful and how dare they death to all of them literally though I can't believe like the people who are on Sam's team would say that to him trash. It's just, uh, it's so evil. It's almost perplexing. Like, I, I don't even know how to respond to it because it's so awful. Like, I can't imagine someone saying that to me, just wanting to be myself and do something not wrong at all. Just express my art as I want and being called trash. Oh, my God. Not only that, uh, Sam is so being abused online because even though Unholy was a hit and people like to listen to it, they don't really like it coming from sam's mouth and they especially don't love the way that sam is dressing in new music videos it's making a lot of people uncomfortable so i don't know if you've seen their new music video for i'm not here to make friends but they're wearing a very scandalous like corset and thong and boots and looking very rupaul gay it's lovely i love it but people were responding with saying things like imagine putting this outfit on standing in front of a mirror seeing this reflected back at you and thinking I look amazing. I am disgusted. What the hell is this disturbing content? The UK government ban a man like Andrew Tate from schools who promotes hard work and fitness. <laughs> Yet nobody speaks up about the degenerate promoting this filth to the youth. They call this art. They should be banned. And so should Sam. Sam Smith fat ass, really just be doing shit. Messed up badly. Sick of seeing people trying to push this on everyone. This bloke is very clearly mentally ill. Children will see this as well. Andrew Tate is in jail for nothing. And this man isn't. Vile. 
What happened to 2014 Sam Smith? I refuse to believe that this is Sam Smith. I can't imagine getting hate like that. I can't imagine. Just for being yourself, too. And Sam's new album just came out. And you can believe the album reviews simply by haters who want to take Sam out. They were spamming his album reviews on iTunes, giving it an average of three stars when it should have five. But that's because the real fans were giving it five stars. But there's more one-star reviews than five stars, full of people saying things like, why? Terrible album cover. It's only like the album cover is just a picture of Sam's face. Unholy is exactly that. Trash. They've gone downhill. Please stop. A lonely soul lost to the charts. Terrible. Nope. When was the last time this guy made good music? Mass garbage, bad, yuck. Insane. Not only is Sam being abused online and in album reviews, they're also being abused on the street as they simply go about their day. Me, I can deal with not Googling myself, not reading comments. That's something I can control. What people don't realize with trans non-binary people in the UK is it's happening in the street. Yeah. Like I'm being abused in the street, verbally, more than I ever have. So that was the hardest part, I think, was being at home in the UK and like having people shouting at me in the street. Across the street. Someone spat at me, like in the street. It's crazy. Gosh, there's no one else I feel worse for right now than Sam Smith. I relate so much with Sam, but like body struggles and queerness. And it almost like petrifies me to be myself at times. Cause like, I know the hate I would receive if I wanted to dress like Sam or express myself like Sam. Like, why is being yourself such a fight? You're fighting for your life out there when you just want to be yourself. I think it's one of the hardest battles of life. And Sam is on the front line and so brave. And Sam had so much to lose going from that picture perfect man in a suit 2014 to then this fabulous queer plus-sized, messy, scandalous, they-them person who we love. But it's so crazy, the conditional love that society will give you back and not only hate you, but, like, want to erase you. I would walk around with security if I was Sam Smith. I just think Sam Smith is a legend. Sam's going through all of this for a greater cause, and it's going to help a lot of people and pave the way for people to be able to feel comfortable going from being their quote, perfect version of themselves that perfectly fits in with society so they won't get hate to the version of themselves that they want to be to make them happy. Sam said in this interview that they are a, quote, recovering perfectionist. And I think that is such a cool way to describe it because that's truly what Sam is. Sam used to want to blend in and play the part of perfect. Now Sam just wants to be happy. And they're recovering, thinking that they have to make everyone think that they're perfect. And I think a lot of us are probably still in that perfectionist mindset where they don't want to ruffle any feathers and you don't want to make anyone uncomfortable with expressing yourself or being louder about something or just just being your more authentic self with the people that you love. And like, you know exactly what I'm talking about and ways that you wish you could express yourself. I feel like we're all still in between our perfect phase and who we truly want to be. And I think Sam is just such an inspiration for all of us. So I think that's what we can learn a lot from this, that being yourself comes with a lot of loss, unfortunately. But if you're trying to please everyone to keep everyone, the biggest thing you're going to lose is yourself. And you only have so much time on earth to be yourself. 
So being your full self will be one of the hardest things ever. And you may be met with backlash like Sam. You could be met with challenges and met with hate. But even through the hate, I can tell Sam in that interview, just the joy and pure happiness behind their eyes, even while talking about hate, it's just the look of someone who like their soul is so happy and they're finally being themselves. So I can even tell that Sam has just never been happier. And I'm going to support Sam with everything in my being. I'm going to make a video on this TikTok this week to promote their album and I'm going to go see them on tour and like say the best, most amazing things online about them so people will just shut the hell up and let people live their lives as they want. So Britney Spears was in her house this week, you know, twirling, waving her hair back and forth, spinning very quickly, making some Instagram content, getting naked in her bed, preparing to put a heart emoji over her private areas to post on Instagram. And her twirling was interrupted by the police. The police came to her house this weekend. How dare they? She's the Instagrammer of the year. And we need content from her. How dare the police interrupt that? But the police were literally called to her house this week because her fans thought she was dying. Her fans thought that because of some recent drama, like her restaurant mental breakdown and nonsensical babbling at the restaurant, not seeming like everything was okay. And the fact that everyone is now catching on to the fact that her wedding was fake and she's still under a temporary control order by the same people as her conservatorship. And the fact that her husband, Sam, seems to be in on controlling her. They were very worried. There's a lot of drama going on with Britney. I've talked about it in a few episodes ago. I can make a, like a bigger segment about it. But just to clear the air, the cops were called to her house because after her, the restaurant thing and the fact that no one has seen her on public for a long time, she deleted her Instagram um, out of nowhere. So people are like, oh my God, like they, they really got Britney this time. Like she's not okay. She's not alive. Her fans have been on edge. So they literally sent the police there and the police showed up to her house. You know, she came to the door and everything. And the police said that there was no reason for them to believe that there was anything wrong with Britney or that they needed to do anything. Now, some might say because of her Instagram, there is a little bit of a cause for concern. But honestly, what I say about Britney is that I think she's a capable human. She's capable of taking care of herself and making all of her own decisions. But I do think her mental state was undoubtedly undoubted, undoubtedly altered by the drugs that her family gave her for 13 years. Like imagine being on one, you know, the same pills for 13 years that you don't even need would do to you. So I think her mental state may just be altered a little. I'm not saying she's handicapped or anything like that i think she's so capable but i think she's just in this little like er, like erratic not totally on the same realm as everyone else kind of mood all the time but at the end of the day i respect britney 
so much. And I do make jokes about her burning her gym down and twirling on Instagram. Of course, like, that's funny. We're just poking fun. But I would never, like, truly disrespect Brittany. I think she's been through so much. And I have nothing but good things to say and reverence for what she's been through in life. So I would never be one of those people online that bully her or want her back in their conservatorship. And I do think it's a little ridiculous that the cops were called to her house. I don't think her family's out to kill her anymore, at least. But I do understand the cause for concern. And she posted on Instagram after the cops came to her house and she said, yes, this is me. I'm alive and well. And then she went on about like health juices or whatever. She, and then she said, I, I shut down my Instagram because there were too many people saying I looked like an idiot dancing and that I looked crazy. Honestly, I was doing my best, but it disturbed me to see people freely talking about it on TV. Yeah, it hurt my feelings. Oh, that's so sad. I'm sensitive and I honestly would rather take a break and do my ice cream diet anyway. I thought it was a joke too, but it's not. It works, surprising enough. I'm shocked as hell that when I took my Instagram down, fan, fans got worried and sent the cops to my house. It was really uncalled for. I adore my fans for those uh, who did. Sorry, I adore my fans, but for those who did call the police, they aren't real fans. And I honestly felt like it was a way to make me look bad. I'm alive, fine, healthy, and ready to start a new day and a morning anew. To my real fans, God bless you. Oh, yeah, that definitely does make me feel bad. Like, I would never leave a direct comment on Bernie's in Instagram um, saying that she's dancing wild. If anything, I would get in that Instagram frame and dance with her. But yeah. She's okay. She's alive. But the police were called to her house this weekend. Do I see someone passing notes in the back of the class? You two back there. Yeah, you. I see you passing notes back there. Bring that note to the front of the class. I will take that. Would you like to share this with the whole class we were passing notes about? Okay, that was my intro for the... What would you like to share with the class? Segment? <laughs> I was trying to really make it feel like we we're in a classroom. So the 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 lucky uh, in inaugural listener who is going to share their personal drama with the class, their username on Instagram is Nicki Minaj is the queen of rap. <laughs> so fitting, and then. Their, their 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 heading name is Flop Queen. Okay, so this is Flop Queen's personal drama. And we're just going to give our own take on it. Are you ready, class? I'm going to give some Patty advice. Hi, Patty. How you doing? I'm going to give you a juicy confession, so hold on tight, babes. I love the enthusiasm. See that, that, that hook? I'm so into it. First of all, I was a freshman in high school, and I've always wanted to find love. Wow. That is the most delusional first line I've ever heard. I was a freshman in high school. I always wanted to find love. Girl, Ghost Dream 15 by Taylor Swift. This already sounds like a CW dramatic ass teenage high school drama show. I had a best friend. Let's call her Alexandria. And she has always knew of me being boy crazy. I'm still confused to this day why I didn't tell her my crush since we were close. I guess I was scared if she would judge me for who my crush was. Oh, I mean, the fact that you didn't feel safe around her, she probably wasn't a really good friend to begin with, to be honest. Like, any of my besties growing up, I definitely shared that anxiety of wanting to share my crushes because maybe they would tell people or make fun of me, but 
at the end of the day, like you would know if your friend was good enough to keep a secret close. So that's a big red flag. Anyways, this one day she told me that she was dating someone, but she didn't tell who. Why are y'all keeping secrets from each other like this? Like toxic friendship. End it immediately. She didn't tell you who she just started dating? I guess you are freshmen. I've always begged her to tell me, but she wouldn't. Like, are they just hooking up on the sly in the teacher's bathroom where both genders can go in? Like, how do you not know? Is Ask FM not a thing in this realm? Anyways, this one day she told me that she was dating someone but didn't tell me who. I've always begged her to tell me, but she wouldn't. Then after that, I was just focused on talking to my crush. Let's call him Scott. After a few weeks, I got to talk to him and we eventually started hooking up. <gasps> what? After just a few weeks? Oh, girl, you move fast. You flop queen. You are a girl who knows what you want. Mad respect. The balls on you. Honestly, that is like a really good characteristic to have in life. Proud as hell. A plus student. It was great. Oh, <laughs> it was great. Damn. Okay. Wow, what a happy ending. This did not happen with me in high school. It was great until eventually Alexandria wanted to tell me who she was dating since I guess she just wanted to take her time to become public with their relationship. I guess understandable. She told me who it was and it was Scott. Oh! What? The guy you've been low-key hooking up with? What is this Twilight Saga drama? Oh my god. Like, it was just too good to be true, this great hookup rendezvous you're having. Of course. Even those freshman boys are wildin'. I was in shock. And I decided to stop talking to Scott because Scott is a cheater. Exactly. Dump his ass after the first strike, girl. Round, round of applause for, for Flop Queen. I, I can't clap because I'm holding the mic right now. But F Flop Queen, you really do make good decisions. Um going for what you want and then dumping the cheater hell yeah strong ass independent woman then that day when i got home my mom got a new boyfriend and his son was scott you're lying you're fucking lying this is literally an episode of keeping up with the kardashians the same day you broke up with him girl and now his dad is your stepdad wow the fucking drama, the, the telenovela of it all. A few months came by and my mom and my new stepdad became married. As if this hell you're living in couldn't have gotten any worse. This one time during dinner, it was just so embarrassing since Scott would always bring his girlfriend Alexandria home and invited her to dinner. Oh no. So you, you, you just have to live with all this awkwardness right in your face they were just shoving their ugly relationship right in your face the disrespect not only is scott a cheater but he has quite the audacity also update about me and alexandria alexandria hates me because she thought that time during high school she thought i knew that they were dating when she wouldn't tell me oh and you were hooking up with her boyfriend on the sly flop queen you were getting all all up in in her man's um, no, no square on the slide. I mean, that is her fault though for not claiming a man. You have to be possessive. You have to let a bitch know. Mark your territory. And she didn't do that. So hopefully she learned from that. 
you did nothing wrong in that situation. Scott did something wrong. So it's embarrassing seeing her all the time at dinner. I'm sorry for this not being a really big confession, but it's definitely a lot of tea. Oh, I mean, girl, it's it's a big confession. So now you're just embarrassed seeing them at dinner. So what I would say to you is that I feel like you have the upper hand here. You have nothing to be embarrassed about. Scott is a piece of shit and you don't need him. Leave him like Courtney left Scott. Leave Scott. He's embarrassing. Al- Alexandra is also just as embarrassing because she should be aware that Scott is a cheater and cheated on her with her best friend. And she has the balls to go to her ex-best friend's house with her cheater boyfriend. If I were you, I would just sit back and watch this relationship dissolve and just mind your own business in the most blissful way. I would just wish them the best. You know, sometimes the biggest insult to give to people is that they deserve the person that they're with. You should just tell them you deserve each other because they do. And you know, I hope your mom is truly in love with Scott's dad. And maybe one day you and Scott can be cordial. But until Scott and Alexandra can make it up to you, I would not be the one mending any bridges. I would just be cordial at the dinner, cordial with Scott for the sake of your mom. But that is literally it. Do not dare initiate a conversation with Scott about how you're over it. Don't dare initiate a conversation with Alexandria. Just sit back and watch this relationship explode because it's probably going to go down in flames. Okay, you can go back to your seat. Thank you for sharing with the class flop queen. Round of applause. I'll I'll put down the mic so I can clap. Hold on. Woo, flop queen. Yes. Thank you for sharing with the class. Everyone, if you would like to be the next week's what would you like to share with the class segment, tell me some juicy ass drama going on in your life that you would like everyone to know and me to give you some uh, of my thoughts back on just dm me your drama put me on your story uh and i will see it immediately and i will be taking submissions this whole week so type out a few paragraphs of your drama i would love to hear it all right you guys well thank you for joining this episode of pop culture university uh y'all are the best students ever i guess the bell has dismissed you i hope you enjoyed the time got some tea learn something i hope you have an amazing week try not to be wilding out too much you know girl boss it up get your shit done make yourself proud so by friday you can say work hard play hard and yeah i hope you had the best time make sure to rate this podcast five star spotify apple podcast leave a cute little review screenshot yourself listening to it post it to your instagram story and tag me i'll hit you up tuesday friday class do not forget don't be late attendance is mandatory Tell your friends, tell everyone, and until next time, class is dismissed here at Pop Culture University. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. What is up, Astros fans? This is Jeff Balke and my partner, former Astro Jeff Blum from the Believe in Astros podcast to tell you baseball is back and we've got your world champion Houston Astros covered. Every week we go inside the clubhouse, break down the games, discuss the players and give you everything you need to know about the Houston Astros baseball organization with special guests and a few surprises all summer and into the postseason. So tune in to the Believe in Astros podcast that's B-L-E-A-V on Apple, Spotify, YouTube and everywhere you get your podcasts. Go Astros.